Hello, and welcome to the Above Average Irrelevance podcast. Uh, this is episode 29. Today is Wednesday, December 28th. I'm Matt Weaver, and I'm here with Scott Nelson. Good evening, Scott. Good evening. How you doing? I am doing well. And you? Good. Made it through Christmas? Yes, I survived. Fantastic. Uh, so let's start with the new shiny thing that we're staring at here. Yes. Which is a new K&M microphone stand for the microphone that you and I use for the podcast. This is my Christmas present to the podcast. All right. Uh, and so now uh, you and I have the tendency to talk with our hands. Uh, and now the microphone is literally not touching the table that you and I have a tendency to rest our hands on while we're having this podcast. So maybe all six of our listeners will hear less thumping. Hear less thumping. Okay. That's the hope anyway. So uh, that's exciting. Everybody likes new, new shiny toys. New toys. I like it. Looks good. Uh, all right. So now we have to start as we do for the next many weeks with your diet update yes i don't have much of an update this week it was christmas you didn't weigh yourself i didn't no i mean i didn't get back in town until late monday night yeah um and i have been weighing myself on sunday morning so i kind of think i'm just gonna wait till next sunday morning um because we talked about whether or not it's valuable to add additional weighings and yeah, you were on the fence I, I, yeah, because here's my thing. I think you're an advocate for weighing yourself every day. Is that correct? Yep. And I do see value in that because then things don't get away from you. As in, it, you know, weighing yourself once a week, you're more likely to have a, you know, three-pound weight gain than you are if you're weighing yourself every day because you're seeing that number and you're more likely to rapidly course correct. Right. So I do see value in that, but I also think that a it's not super accurate. Like when you look at the chart, a chart of your weight, you're looking at the trend line essentially. Yep. Not the individual day by day data points. So I figured weighing once a week, you're essentially establishing enough data points for a trend line. Right. Without having the little individual daily up and down by one or two pounds. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's a better plan. Maybe I should start doing that at some point. I don't it- know. It comes down, I think, to the psychology that you are working with when you're weighing. Um, some people use the daily weight number as part of their motivation to make wise food choices and to you know get off the couch and go to the gym. Um, other people don't needed as part of a, a motivation and in fact it might be a demotivator for mm-hmm. them in certain ways so <clears throat> it really depends on on what you need to do and uh, for me personally uh, almost every day not every day almost every day i just in the morning i get up and when i'm in the bathroom i stand on the scale mm-hmm. and take note of the weight Okay, well, for this week, I'm not going to weigh myself again until Sunday morning. 
I'll consider a daily weigh-in in the future. Or you can just add a midweek yeah. number. It doesn't sure. have to be once a week or every day. It sure. can be Sunday, Wednesday. I did put up a page um, <clears throat> with uh, widgets off of my scale that have... There was one for my weight, and there was one for like a week-over-week week chart. Yeah. It's not really what I'm looking for. I'm actually looking for a chart that just displays all the data points in a line graph, essentially. Right, with a best um, fit curve. Right. Uh, the particular, this product I use called the Dash doesn't really allow that. Um, so I might play around with that a little more and see what I can figure out for a better dashboard-type page. But this yeah. was just kind of a start. This took me all of two minutes to create an account connected to my to my Wythings account. And um, away it goes. Paste the iframe into WordPress. So this was more of a get something going. I like that it's out there. Fine tune it over time. Yeah, it's neat. So, all right, now the your I don't know if it's a Christmas present really, but your Christmas present to yourself is uh, you ordered AirPods and they arrived. You are the proud owner of a shiny pair of Apple AirPods. Yep. Uh, they got here yesterday, so I haven't spent a lot of time with them yet. Um, I did, you told me about it the morning they went on sale. Like, I didn't catch it soon enough to be in the first batch, but I think I was in the second batch that were delivered. Um, so they showed up yesterday. I, you know, I really don't, it may seem like I just buy every Apple product, and I really don't. This, these scratch and itch that I've been trying to scratch for a number of years now, mm-hmm. you know, I've started using Bluetooth earbuds and I always have such a problem with the cord running between them and with losing connectivity and um, poor range and so I've been looking for a good pair of non-connected earbuds Bluetooth earbuds for a long time so we should mention to our listeners that Scott has very long hair (laughs) and so the you know I have relatively short hair um, so the cord running between uh, the two things that go in your ears is not as much of a consideration yeah. for me as it is for you. Although it's still, I'm always adjusting it. It's the thing that's always pulling and yanking. Yeah. I actually have this method I've developed. I should patent this. Um, where I put my hair in kind of like a loop at the back. And then I run the ear, the headphones through the loop in my hair so it's like suspending the wire off the back of my neck and it's like the ideal system yeah um you know because then it's not tugging on either side i feel like Um, if you could come up with some sort of injection molded plastic tool that would allow people to do that that this could be you know a late night 1995 infomercial yeah exactly uh However, it's solved now with the AirPods, right? It's solved with wireless. Um, So I didn't just run out and buy these because I buy every new thing. This is something that I feel is a product that was made for me, which is why I bought them as soon as I could. And so So, you like them? I do. They sound good? Yeah, they sound very good. They're very handy. They're really comfortable in my ears. Like, I don't really even know I have them in. Um, I guess I'm fortunate that I've heard... Several reports of people say that earpods or AirPods just don't fit in their ears. They fall out. They don't stay. Um, they stay in my ears pretty well. Yep. So I haven't had an issue with them falling out. 
it is they're not super stable so like yesterday i was wearing a hooded sweatshirt that kind of came up around my neck and so if i twisted such that the hood hit the airpod you know it would jostle it Mm. um and once it did fall out of my ear when i was sitting at my desk um if i reach to tuck my aforementioned long hair behind my ear once i caught the airpod with my pinky finger and knocked it out of my ear i mean they're not um comparing to my other bluetooth earphones that have some sort of mechanism that keep it like stably you know they have uh the silicone um or silicone earbud and they have the extra little bracket essentially that keeps them in your ear um i'm used to those you know being really super solid and these aren't. I, I don't know if I could jog with them or anything where you were, like, bouncing or, you know, shaking your head. Um, well, hopefully Apple catches up with demand uh, before you lose your first one after so paying I, yeah, $70 exactly. to get another one. So I foresee just using them sitting at my desk, um, in the car, um, walking, walking to work. Uh, I doubt if I'm going to use them for athletic activity. What would you use them for in the car? Um, Talking on the phone. Oh, phone. Yeah. Yeah. So today I took, though this is a kind of a problem, I took four phone calls using the AirPods. Yep. Sounds great. The people on the other end could hear me fine. Two of the four calls between like the 10 to 15 minute mark, it started getting like robot voice. I don't know if you've ever experienced that with the Bluetooth headset. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've never experienced that using wired AirPods. I used to occasionally with a Bluetooth, you know, earpiece. Yeah. So I don't know if that's a Bluetooth problem or an AirPods problem. But, I mean, that's 50% of the time so far on a relatively small sample size. But still, it wasn't a one-time thing. Interesting. Uh, You know... Before we started the podcast here, we were discussing the your your driving a different vehicle for a couple of weeks, and it has uh, this vehicle has built-in Bluetooth, and it's um, not worked as beautifully as you might like it to do. Um, although I know other people that have Bluetooth in their cars, and it works fine. So yeah. it's potentially something specific about this car that you're driving or it's something specific about your phone um, even though you did get the new the new phone under apple care mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago um, maybe there's just something a little wonky about this generation of phone or a significant percentage of them have something a little wonky and you're just I don't know. unlucky twice in a row the thing is it was super easy when this happened to switch over to talking on the phone because all you do is you pull the ear pods out of your ears and it swaps back to the phone yeah um that part is really cool like you take one out of your ear and the music pauses like it recognizes when it's been removed from your ear um so it was very simple to switch and i've always found that to be kind of wonky in the past if i'm using a headset on a call and i want to switch to holding the handset to my ear it doesn't always work right um so hot this Worked great. Uh, when I get a call on the Apple Watch, it pops up, and I can answer, indicate I want to answer. There's like an earpods button. 
oh, that yeah. I hit, and then it answers it going through the earpo- or AirPods. I guess I'm calling them AirPods, but the wired ones are um, called AirPods. Okay, the wireless These ones are called AirPods. AirPods. Yeah, so the experience of using them is really nice. Uh, you take them out, you open the little lid of the AirPod thing, it immediately which pairs. you showed me yesterday yeah. is very nice. I've yeah. heard other people on the internet talk about how nice it is to open and shut that lid. I wholeheartedly agree. It's a subtle thing, but it mm-hmm. has this very uh, luxurious quality to it of opening the lid and shutting it. It does, and it has a magnetic... A um, magnetic closure. Uh, there's a magnetic uh, connection holding the AirPods into the case. So as you slip them back into their little slot, they're kind of sucked down into place. Yeah. That um, is nice. Uh, the phone shows the battery level of each of the individual AirPods, which is cool. Um, I've paired them with my MacBook, and it works very well with that. Again, it shows the battery meter for each of the individual is AirPods. It easy to switch which thing it's connected to? It was. So today I was listening to music on my phone. I was on my computer. I needed to watch an instructional video. I just go up to the little Bluetooth menu in the status bar. Um, AirPods is a device in the list. I pick connect, you know, and it automatically transferred. And then when I click disconnect, it went back to the phone. It gets pretty nice. I'm glad uh, that Apple has clearly taken a lot of time and probably invested a huge amount of money making this happen. Because Bluetooth has always been the technology that's really going to make the future arrive, right? Where you're not going to have wires and crap everywhere. And it's always kind of been terrible in one form or another. And for a Mm -hmm. long time it was always, well, you know, Bluetooth 1.0 is kind of slow and, you know, we got to, we're going to, Bluetooth 2.0 will be better and then Bluetooth 3 will be better and, and, uh, You know, here we are right on the cusp of Bluetooth 5.0 coming out, right? And it's still just kind of terrible in in various ways. I mean, it's slowly gotten better over time, but, you know, Apple has clearly invested a lot of time and money to really make it behave in the way that, that you want it to behave, right? In the way that people who don't understand all of the ways that Bluetooth is generally kind of terrible mm-hmm. think that it behaves. Right. Right, which is, it's this wireless thing, and right now they're connected to my phone, and, oh, but I want to listen to something on my computer, so I click a button and just zonk. There they go. Computer, right? And uh, I'm sure, you know, I guess I don't know, but I guess I assume that they've, you know, patented a million things out of this process here but at the very least it will have shown the rest of the world hey this is how bluetooth headphones should work right and with luck uh, you know the people at at microsoft and sony and google and samsung and everybody else are going to say oh yeah this is brilliant i bet you we can make it even better please Try, yeah, try. <laughs> right? I would love for that because then we can, you know, 
our, our long national Bluetooth nightmare can finally be over and it can work in a way that's not terrible. Yeah. So. The one thing I will say I think is poorly done is um, there's no way to pause without doing this whole Siri dance where you have to double tap the AirPod and then wait for the Siri and then say pause. Take it out. And Well, yes, you can take it out. Yeah. Often, though, the reason I want to pause the music is because I'm, like, doing something or, you know, I don't necessarily want to, at the moment where I'm looking to pause my music because I'm focused on something, do I really want to take it out and put it in my pocket? Or have it in your hand or whatever. Right. And that's where um, my other wired Bluetooth or, you know, joined Bluetooth earphones... They all have a big button, you know, on one side where you press that button and it pauses the music. I'm trying to think of mine do. Both of my sets, all three of my sets, um, have a big button. It's the button that you press to turn them on or you press it and hold to pair them, you know. Yeah. You just press it once and it pauses the music. You press it again and it plays. My guess is it probably does. There's three buttons. I think two of them are volume and the one of them I use to turn it on and turn it mm-hmm. off. Um but it's uh you know it's the battery and control unit and it hangs uh well it's on my it's on the right side so it hangs three or four inches oh so it's actually on the cord it's on the cord and uh all i use it for all i've probably used it for ever is just turning it on and turning it off Hmm. and i just i manipulate the, the volume and the pause and start on the phone phone. but i guess it's same here i only ever use those buttons to turn it on turn it off and pause play like i don't care about advancing tracks i don't care about changing the volume um if it just had a pause play it would make it immensely better for me that's been kind of annoying i think if i had the 6s though i could just do hey siri pause yeah but since i have the six it's not always listening and I have, um, I do not have Hey Siri turned on on my phone because I'm a Luddite. I don't know. Yeah. If I had that, I'd probably use that. That's the only thing. I mean, I think in generation two, there's been enough pushback from everyone. I mean, every review you read of these complains about the wonkiness of using Siri to play, pause, and adjust volume. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I think they will take that feedback and they will fix it in some manner because it's pretty terrible. Yeah, maybe. Um, my guess is there'll probably be some software updates for these phones. And I don't know that this will be an every year thing, but I can see every two or three years there'll be new hardware. Maybe the first one will happen faster just as they iterate. Sure. Based on initial feedback. And I think... A sport model. I would prefer a sport model that, like I said, had the silicone um, inner ear things or had oh. some sort of a bracket, some sort of a yeah. tighter fit. And was uh, um, resistant to sweat and water. Right. For, like I said, for an athletic application, I probably won't use these for that because they're, to be honest, they're not intended for that. I don't think these are intended to be used um, when you're running. Yeah, so my Bluetooth headphones. Mm-hmm. Uh, very specifically are sport are a sport mm-hmm. model and uh you know the 
charging connector has a little rubber grommet that goes over it and the whole yeah. thing is yeah. kind of sealed uh and so they you know i'm a big rotunda man so when mm-hmm. i do any exercise the sweat pours out of me and uh they get drenched i think i mean one of the problems is they're obviously very in love with this design of the little pod that they go in and the magnetic and um you know if you have big honking pieces of rubber hanging off of them it they'll have to come up with some other design or dock design i mean the current design is not going to work for a sport version and i'm sure that that was part of the consideration Uh, maybe Uh, yeah i don't know um on that topic, though, the little battery charging case that they go in uh, is surprisingly small. Like, you handed it to me, and I jammed yeah. it in my jeans pocket while we were sitting down, and it was fine. It just goes right in there, and it's mm-hmm. not a big deal. The, yep. I didn't think that I would like the idea of a of a case, and that, that the case was the charger. That just seemed kind of silly to me, but having seen it in person and held it in my hand and put it in my pocket I totally get it and it's better than dealing with cable spaghetti that you get every time you try to grab your earbuds out of your totally bag or pocket or wherever so in the case holds enough i can't remember the exact numbers now but it holds enough juice to recharge the airpods like three times i think yeah so what i foresee doing is it will just be on my nightstand you know now i will have a third lightning cable or third charger for my phone my watch and the airpods um and i will just charge it nightly and then there's enough juice to get through a literally a full day of using them yeah so, uh, yeah, AirPods are cool. It's cool. We'll see. It's uh, it's unfortunate that whatever problem Apple had delayed it because uh, it really would have been the thing that won Christmas. I yeah. think if they'd been able to ship as many as I'm sure they mm-hmm. would have liked to. So, all right, let's talk about Rogue One. You finally saw it. Yes. I've actually seen it twice now. Yeah, I have also seen it twice. Okay. I saw it once in uh, IMAX 3D, which was very cool. Was it good in 3D? Yes. Worth seeing in 3D if I'm going to see it a third time? Uh, yes, because it doesn't do any of the silly 3D stuff that some stuff does. It just mm. adds some depth to it. Okay. Which uh, was which was true about The Force Awakens, too. Yeah, they were not heavy-handed with the 3D. No. Um, my glasses were branded Star Wars, at least at the theater we were at. They were all branded Star Wars, so I was wearing Stormtrooper glasses. Uh, some of my friends that were with me were wearing um, X-Wing pilot <laughs> glasses. I mean, that was kind of fun. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Did you keep them? No. I mean, as cool as it is, I don't No. Thank you. I don't need it. (laughs) (laughs) I will concede to probably buying the Blu-ray when the thing comes out, but that's as far as I'll go. So I've seen it twice, and I think I'm coming around to it might be my favorite Star Wars movie. Hmm. I think I like it more than I liked Force Awakens. 
and I think I might like it more than Empire. Because prior to this, Empire was my favorite. Uh, and But this, yeah, I don't know. It's so tough, right? I, I want to see it a third time. Because I saw it two times kind of rapid succession, right? And now I've let it rattle around in my brain and I've read a little bit about it. Right. Um, but the the fact that the unlike most other movies, especially in the Star Wars universe, the the bad guys, the Empire, isn't universally bad. I mean, Star, uh, Darth Vader is clearly a very bad man <laughs> in this movie, which is awesome. But uh, Galen Erso is doing bad things, but he's doing it knowingly and trying to do what it is that he can do to redeem himself, mm-hmm. which makes the bad guys not completely bad. And the good guys uh, aren't completely good, right? The Whatever the general's name was in the Alliance, who was... T- uh, um, ordering uh, Cassian to Cassian kill Urso. Yeah. To kill Urso. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's not good. Right. Those are the things that bad people do. Uh, he was trying to, you know, he was motivated by what he was trying to do, the good thing he was trying to do, but mm-hmm. he was clearly doing a very bad thing. And, you know, Cassian, by the end, is obviously motivated to try to redeem himself for all of the bad things that he feels like he's done in service of his good and noble cause of the Alliance, right? And so the bad guys aren't all bad and the good guys aren't all good, I I really like. I think that really adds a lot of depth to, to the Star Wars universe. And I know a lot of this has been explored in the Clone Wars, uh, the cartoon, um, but... I've been told that I've never watched that either. I'm going to have to watch some of that because yeah, you're right. That's what by the time episode 4 comes around, it's pretty black and white. Mm-hmm. Good guys, bad guys. And right. they're literally wearing black, black and, wh- and white. Exactly. Um so this shows that there was a lot of gray area leading up to that. And for instance in the first scene with Galen you know, where he he once was part of the Empire because they were promising peace and stability, essentially. And now that's turned into terrorism. Right. And, to which he was told, essentially, that's a means to an end. Yeah, you know, well, you've so, got to start somewhere. Right. Um, so I, I still want to know more. I feel like we just, ba- you know, we just backed up a little bit. But there's still a whole heck of a lot that happened between the end of episode three and the start of rogue one right maybe some of that's explored in clone wars um but i don't know i mean how did the empire get to where it is and how did the resistance get to where it is Um, yeah there's certainly there's a lot of opportunity for storytelling in that universe it's gonna be so interesting to see which stories they choose to tell i mean which characters they choose to give a movie to i mean are we going to find out more about cassian someday he was a very compelling character um, but we don't get a lot of backstory on I think where he's come from. I think Jin Erso is more compelling even than Cassian, yeah. right? Um, and the the 
the robot was it K K O two or oh, I can't remember his it's, name. It's, that was he was Alan hilarious. Tudyk was the voice for yeah. it, right? And uh, I, I found that robot as compelling, if not more so, than R two D two K two S O K two S O. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I thought he's potentially the most interesting robot sidekick the whole Star Wars universe has ever had. Totally. His humor was much more subtle. Like, his humor was not um, laugh lines or laugh sounds. It was character right. humor. Yes. Like, his drone essentially had a character that was sarcastic and funny and interesting, you know? Right. Um, which was cool. That's something they haven't really... I guess C-3PO is kind of, but he's really just, you know, the bumbling idiot funny. Right. This guy was like a smart humor, you know? Yeah. Uh, which was very cool. I guess it makes sense. I mean, he's a reconditioned Empire drone, right? That's so, got to give you a certain fatalistic outlook. Yeah, on exactly. That, right? I mean, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It, no wonder he's cynical, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a... Uh, That'd be an interesting challenge for today's modern AIs, right? You know, make me a... Uh, IBM should make me a cynical Watson, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I will say, um, I do think it, this was an excellent movie. I think much more well done than episode seven. It's one of those deals where, you know, sometimes when you're picking, like, your best... What you think is going to win Best Picture at the Oscars... I often say, well, this was definitely the best movie of the year, but this was my favorite movie, you know, and they not, aren't necessarily the same. Right. So I will say that Rogue One might be the best Star Wars movie as far as, like, the cinematic experience, the storyline, the characters. Um, the complexity. The complexity of it. I'm probably going to pop The Force Awakens into my Blu-ray player more often and watch it because it's a more, like... I don't know, gratifying movie for me. Well, but it's not a better movie. This is by far the better movie. Yeah. In my estimation. So compared to the force awakens, the, um, the, the Ray character is immensely fascinating, right? She has a, uh, a backstory that I want to know more about. And, you know, where The Force Awakens ends, she's made her way to the top of the mountain and is, you know, staring at Luke Skywalker, who's looking, you know, menacing or bored or like he's not going to get paid for any lines. Mm -hmm. one, of the, one of those three. Uh, and so where that movie starts and where it ends is is really interesting. Like there's a whole bunch more story that I really want them to tell me. Um, and I think her character is very compelling. And yet in a lot of ways, her character is simpler than, than Jin or so. Hmm. Right. Because, she is in traditional Star Wars ways just kind of fundamentally good. Right. Right. I don't really have a lot of hint of of her making compromises 
for her belief system, um, <clears throat> which is noble. And, uh, you know, I can really get behind characters like that, just the same way that, um, you know, Princess Leia or or Luke Skywalker right. were, uh, you know, uh, uncompromised in a lot of ways, right? Um, and standing in contrast to the Han Solo character who, you know, eventually redeems himself but comes into the story uh, having made compromising choices in the past, right? Um, so the the story is interesting, and I want more of it. And it was a gratifying and almost safe, in a lot of ways, story, because it is effectively a retelling of episode four. And it didn't... In a lot of ways, it didn't take a lot of risks with upending the universe one right. way or the other. Um, but that's okay, because really at that point, what I needed and what a lot of the Star Wars fandom needed was just a really great movie that they could go and see three or four or ten times in the theater yeah. and just cheer at the end every time, you know, because, you know, hey, we we beat the bad guys and we're the good guys and we won. Right. It's similar to the way that I like pop music and you want to listen to a pop song over and over again. Is it good music? No. But does it feel good? Do you want to hear it again? Right. Yes. Is it a careless whisper? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of what The Force Awakens was. Um, and I think it's... I think The Force Awakens will... will probably age pretty well. Not necessarily because of... You know, as I have described The Force Awakens in the past, it's got two layers of story going on. There's the surface story, which is the overt things that are happening on the screen. And that wasn't as compelling. What made Force Awakens compelling was the story underneath about who these people were and how their relationships were developing and what that means and where they're going. Right, it was that kind of lower level story, that character development story, that I found so compelling and interesting mm -hmm. about The Force Awakens. And Rogue One has that and more. Mm -hmm. Like it takes a lot more risks from that perspective by making me seriously question how bad is everybody in the Empire, right? You know, now when you see a Star Destroyer blow up, and everybody on it die. A lot of those people might have really believed that they were working for, you know, peace and freedom in the galaxy, mm -hmm. right? And they are not, you know, tyrants hell-bent on terrorism and domination, right? And, and universal domination. Uh, that That is a risky proposition, right? Because... Lots of people are going to get killed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's in the story, right? And and making me as the viewer be prepared to deal with the bad guys aren't all bad and the good guys aren't all good puts a lot more 
load, I guess. It's a, it's a bigger workload for me to process and still come out the other end having a good time. Mm-hmm. It feels like a difficult needle to thread, storytelling-wise. And these are big, expensive things, right? I mean, making a Star Wars movie, I assume, costs hundreds of millions of dollars, right? There's yep. no way you make one of these things for $30 million, so... So I thought it was very well done. It's very compelling characters. It told a part of the advantage it has in its storytelling is it's essentially telling us a complete story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it isn't just an episode in a saga per se. I know it fits into the saga, but I, but I felt like they were telling the beginning exactly, to end. Right. Like, right. They were <clears throat> exactly. Um, it just snuggled right up against, you know, the timeline yeah. of episode four. So it just had a much less broad um, story to tell, which I think is part of the reason why it was really successful. Did you like that it didn't do the Star Wars opening? I do now. In the moment, I was like, hey, wait a minute, where's the Star Wars main title? Where's the scroll? And yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think they did that intentionally. This movie, I think, stands on its own. If you didn't know anything about Star Wars, right? I think you could watch this movie and enjoy it and understand what was going on. I think you could, too. Um, and I think that was an intentional. Uh, they also, you know, there's a lot of Star Wars cinematography, like the way the scene transitions happen, you know, the screen fades left to right and in and out. And, you know, they do kind yep. of those little wonky... Um, Screen transitions, there was none of that. Um, There wasn't the scroll at the beginning. I felt like... I noticed this more the second time I watched it. I'm not really in love with the score of this film. It wasn't scored by John Williams. Um, It borrowed a lot of the themes, like we got the Vader theme. Sure. And it borrowed some themes. But it was scored by a different composer, and I'm not in love with it. Whereas I love the Force Awakens score. Which I actually was listen, John Williams. That's John right. Williams. Right. Um, I have that in Apple Music. I listen to it all the time. Uh, you know, the, he introduced new themes for uh, Kylo Ren, and the theme for Ray. Ray's theme is really beautiful. Um, there was it, a lot of Ray's theme. Really, is out of this world good. There was some. There was some music in that movie that really enhanced the film. I didn't get. There was no point in Rogue One where I heard the music, um, and it, you know. Well, it's compelling me for the scene. The really. Vader's theme. Well, yeah, but that's did. not. I mean, <laughs> that's not original, right? Right. Um, so, I think that was probably intentional too, actually, because I'm sure John Williams is scoring the remainder of the of Episode Eight. Yeah, Eight and Episode Nine, hopefully. And I think they wanted this to have a different feel. Yeah. Um, from the saga films, which I think is smart. Yeah. Uh, I thought um, Grand Grand Moff Tarkin, right? He was originally played by Peter Cushing, who's uh, been dead for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was clearly a CGI character. Uh, I thought it was great. I mean, I didn't. I didn't notice. Uh, I did initially because mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, he's dead. <laughs> right and i was doing the math about you know how old he must be to be playing out no he's got that's got to be fake it looks kind of fake but uh, you know once i got 
30 seconds into it, didn't, I no longer saw it. I, I did notice it again when you see Princess Leia at the end, mm-hmm. briefly. Um, I didn't think they did as good a job with her as with Peter Cushing. With, but I don't think they had to because she's yeah. on screen for two minutes, right? So why would you... Why would you spend a hundred million hours? Her character had kind of a, I don't know what it is, almost like a shimmer to it that you noticed from the original. I mean, that's kind of how she appeared in the original Star Wars. Yeah. You know, her face, her complexion is very white. And um, this movie had a more modern look. And then her character had that kind of older style film look to it. Yes. But... You know, you see her for all of 10 seconds. Mm. So I actually, at, when I first saw it, I didn't think they were going to show her face. I thought we were, because, you know, yeah, first everybody, they show her back. Everybody saw like, it. they're not going to show her face. And then they did it, and I was glad. Yeah, everybody I've mm. talked to says, oh, they didn't think they were going to show this. I totally didn't have that at all, because uh. I knew that we'd already seen a bunch of other CGI characters. I was yeah. just like, oh, please turn around and have it not be terrible. Right? Like that's, <laughs> I was kind of... You know, almost waiting for there to be an accident. And there wasn't really, it wasn't as good as it will be when the special edition of this movie comes out in 10 years, but that's still pretty good. Um, yeah. So I do not know. Do you know what's the movie that comes? Obviously, 2017 Star Wars movie is episode eight. Uh huh. Um, what's the next even year Star Wars movie? I thought it was the Han Solo movie. Ah. Um, I guess I've read about... That's the only other one I've read about um, that they are making a Han Solo movie. So obviously that's going to fit in this same time period post-Episode 3, pre-New Hope. Yeah. More than likely. I wonder... uh, I wonder... Have they announced who's going to play Han Solo? No. I mean, they announced who's playing... Was it Lando? They announced some big character because it's Danny Glover. Um, But I can't remember which movie that was for. Isn't Danny Glover like 112 years old? Okay, then it's not Danny Glover. It's... I mean, I'm just saying that because in the Lethal Weapon movies in the 90s, yeah. they were making jokes about, I'm too old for this. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> No, it's not Danny Glover. What is that kid's name? It's the kid from Atlanta. Have you ever watched Atlanta? Nope. Oh, that's an awesome show. Well, Donald Glover. I was so close. He uh, should have changed his name because it's very confusing. Isn't he the, <laughs> uh, isn't he the son of? Oh, maybe he is. Could be. I don't know his backstory. But he was in Community. You know, he's a really funny actor. And I had heard that he was going to play um, Lando. But I should have done my research. I'll do my research for next week. Uh, I'm hoping that they make some sort of Colt 45 malt liquor reference. For Lando in the movie, yeah. <laughs> somehow. I, that would be the ultimate in joke. Okay, here you go. Donald Glover cast <clears throat> as young Lando. How do you even say his name? Calrissian. Calrissian in upcoming Han Solo Star Wars standalone film. 
There you go. Dun dun dun. But I don't know who's going to be Han Solo yet. Maybe they don't know. Who do you want it to be? Um, someone unknown. Hmm. They're pretty good about picking unknown actors for Star Wars characters. What if it was somebody crazy like yeah. Tom Hardy? Yeah. Well, that would be interesting. Could he pull it off? Probably. Tom Hardy isn't really a smooth talker. Han Solo's a smooth talker. Okay, the untitled Han Solo movie is set for release in 2018. So that's the Christmas in two years movie. They better not mess that one up. (laughs) Yeah. All right, well, we are living in rare times. So speaking of Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher died yesterday. Terrible. That's news. Uh, It's, uh, you were mentioning to me, and I had the same thought when I heard it on the radio. My very first thought was, oh man, that's, that's terrible news. And then my, like, at light speed, right behind that was... I wonder if they're done filming episode right. eight. And then the third thing is I'm a terrible person because I just thought that. <laughs> um, somebody put out a statement, though. I think it was Disney. I, I, somebody put out a statement that said all her filming for episode eight was complete. Yeah. Though I don't know if it changes her role in episode eight, the fact that she's no longer with us for maybe future episodes. I mean, I don't know. Um Disney's probably got an army of people working out that problem right now. Um, but she was 60 years old. That's not old. Not old, no. Uh, I mean, you know, her. she's been very public about her history and her problems yeah. with alcoholism and addiction. And I, I mean, she's a very old 60. Yeah. Um, just because she's lived kind of a hard life. A little bit. But still, that's very young. You know, the internet's been filled with pictures of her the last couple of days. And um, she was an astonishing beauty Mm -hmm. uh, throughout all of her life. It's it's kind of amazing, really. For for as hard as she lived for a while, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I've been pleased to see all of these photos of her. So I've never really explored any of her other work. I've always, I've been interested to see, you know, she did this um, film called Wishful Drinking. Yeah. It was kind of like an autobiographical mm-hmm. uh, film. She she's was famous. When Harry Met Sally. Yeah, I, I have seen that. Yeah, time. and she's great in that. Yeah. Um, she is pretty famous <clears throat> for having written Postcards from the Edge and then adapted that screenplay. That's I've never seen that movie. It's a book I'd like to read. Yeah. I feel like all these Carrie Fisher projects have been on my to-do list for many years, and I've never done any of well, that. Well, she just yeah. released that um, The Princess Diarist book, which sounds really compelling. Yep. Right? Because it it's basically her talking about <laughs> filming the Star Wars movies. Um, so, yeah, I would really like to see that. So I feel like now is maybe a good time to dig into some... So while we're on this topic, um, George Michael passed away a few days ago. Uh, are you, were you a fan of his music? Did you like any of his music? 
I mean, I know a few George Michael songs. Like, I know his hits, and they're great songs. Yeah. Do you have um, a favorite George Michael song? I mean, I love the song Faith. Yeah. I feel like that's a really catchy tune. Um, my, my guilty pleasure is Fast Love. Really? Yeah. I don't know that song off the top of my head. Well, after the podcast, okay, I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, he wasn't old either. No. Like 53. I don't know. You know, I don't know what kind of health problems he had. It. I haven't really read anything about what his cause of death was or anything. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure over his life, you know, he's had some problems. I'm sure he's had some drug problems. Um, yep. So I'm not really sure. I mean, didn't he have an incident? I think he had a lewd behavior incident back in the 90s. I think mm-hmm. he had some sexual identity issues. Well, that I mean, probably, he eventually came out as right, gay. Right. That probably led to a certain amount of drug or substance abuse. Yeah. So I'm not sure. You know, there's another person, as most people or lots of people in showbiz are, who has led, you know, a pretty rough life. Yeah. In a lot of ways. So live hard, die young, right? Uh, apparently. Modern medical science makes the die young 50s and 60s now, not right. not 35. So The other thing that I've always thought was so funny is, you know, I love that song, Faith, and it's such like a, a upbeat, catchy tune. And then somebody remade it. I think it was, was it Korn? Mm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Somebody covered it, and it yeah. was like this like hard rock... Like, you gotta have faith, like, version of it. Oh, I'll have to look that up, too. Yeah. You gotta listen to that. I mean, it's just, like, you talk about taking, like, an 80s pop hit and just, and going like... the other way. Yeah. Um, well, it worked for Alien Ant Farm with uh, Smooth, Smooth Criminal. Smooth Criminal. All right. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, well... So, <laughs> I have to confess, um, when I first... Read, you know, I have the, these New York Times alerts on my phone, and so it happened on Christmas Day. Yep. Um, and I get a near the, which these alerts have been very depressing this year because uh, anytime somebody dies, there it is. You get an alert, New York Times, so and so is dead. Well, there's been a lot of very famous, influential people die this year, um, so I get this notice that George Michael is dead. And for a minute in my head, I had him confused with Boy George. Ah. Just for a minute, um, because they're both, you know, Georges from about the same time. And then I thought, oh, no, that's not George Michael. Right. Um, so then there was kind of this controversy because somebody, uh, somebody famous, uh, Sarah Michelle Geller had yeah. tweeted. She, did you I read about this? That, that she yeah. tweeted RIP Boy George and right. uh, I love Culture Club and all this stuff. And so while I wanted to mock her, I momentarily made the same (laughs) mental lapse. So I feel compassion for her. So you gave... Um, I was also a little drunk at the time. It was Christmas Day. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Uh, I had had a few drinks, um, but I feel for Sarah Michelle Gellar. But if you're a public person and you're tweeting, you better be sure of your facts before you... uh, Hit the publish button. You know, the president isn't. I don't know why you yeah. <laughs> But you should strive to be better. No. Better than him. You don't have to. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's just Twitter. <laughs> it's just Twitter. All right. So the next thing I wrote on the list is New Year's resolutions. Oh, boy. Which I sprung on you 
But we can talk about have you made any resolutions, yada, yada, yada. But that's not really what I want to talk about. Uh, I have been thinking in the context of a new year starting a new thing, which is really what a new year's resolution is about, right? It's just an opportunity, you know, everybody's getting a new calendar, whatever, right? Hey, have you made the right choices? Do you want to make different choices? And so, um, when you step back, I haven't really thought this through. And so I kind of want to talk through it while we're drinking rye on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Nothing bad will happen. When you think about who it is that you are and and what that what all of that entails a lot of it comes from what it is that you do so if you never drink a cup of coffee you're very unlikely to be a coffee connoisseur now, you drink a lot of coffee, and as a consequence, uh, you have a lot of opinions about coffee, right? And it comes from part of what you do, part of how you prioritize your time includes the drinking of coffee and seeking out fine coffee to drink. And so I personally am not, at least I don't perceive myself as being a person who has a set pattern. You know, like lots of people, you know, get up at the exact same time every morning and they brush their teeth the exact same way and they take a shower the exact same way and they eat the exact same breakfast every morning and they they just do, they have this morning routine or an evening routine they run through that they do without thinking. And I don't, really perceive myself as being that sort of person. Like, I do almost the same things every day, but at every step along the way, I have to say to myself, all right, what's, you know, I brush my teeth, what's the next thing I need to do, right? Um, and so, as a consequence, like, I, I have fallen into patterns, right? Some are good and some are not good. Um, but I haven't done them with intention. I haven't done them on deliberate action. I've just done them because it seemed like a good idea right now, right? At 8.37 on a Wednesday morning, doing whatever I did seemed like a good idea. But I didn't really think through, is that the right thing to do or not? And so what I've been wondering is... <clears throat> Would there be a benefit to taking some time to think about who do you want to be? What is it, what are the things that you want to work towards in your life? And allocating time to them, right? So, you know, effectively building, in, in my case, I'm thinking about how to spend a couple hours in the morning with intention, right? And can I build that in such a way that I create time to take advantage of opportunities in order to move towards the person that I want to be, 
So for instance, right, I famously am not a user of Facebook. And so a lot of that distraction goes away. But lots of people read news in the morning, you know, get to the office, right, have a cup of coffee, read a little news, go through your email, do all that sort of stuff. Um, but I don't have a lot of constraints on how much time I spend doing that, right? Um, you don't either. And, and neither does the cat's food dish. And so the, it's, you know, you can end up spending a lot of time doing stuff like that. And it isn't bad, but maybe if you sat down and you thought about it and you said, what type of person do I really want to be? Being, you know, having two hours of being up to date on tech news every day or every other day maybe isn't the person that you want to be. Maybe the answer is you want to spend 20 minutes getting up to date on tech news and then you want to spend you know 30 minutes learning working on learning a new computer language or um you know reading about nutrition or or, or whatever right I, I don't i don't even know what the answer is i haven't thought through what it would mean for me but um but if you took some time figure out what's the right way you know how do you how do you spend your time in the morning let's say the first two hours of your day before you really get into now I'm I'm working for my boss right um, how do I spend that time between when I get up and when I'm really going to do work how do I spend that time intentionally in order to be the person that I want to be Have you ever thought about that? I have. I mean, I think that's like the great struggle of my life is it plays into similar things we've talked about before about like, well, if I want something, why am I not doing if I want something and I have complete control over getting that thing? Why am I not doing or taking the steps to make that thing happen? Right. Whether that be losing weight whether that be playing the guitar, whether that be learning a new programming language. Um, when the steps to do that are spending 30 minutes a day for two weeks working on it, as opposed to reading more tech news. Or Facebook or right. one more episode of whatever, right, on Netflix. Um, and to a much lesser extent, and we talked about this a few weeks ago too, about like internet addiction or like information addiction. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's an addiction the same way an alcoholic takes the next drink, you know, it's much less severe and less detrimental, but clicking that next link on Hacker News or on Google News is the same thing. Yeah. Um, knowing I should be or could be doing something else, something more productive Yet I'm clicking that next link and reading another article about smart home devices. Which, who cares? Yeah. Right. No, I struggle with that all the time. And I think 
fixing it is a matter of discipline. Yes and no. Uh, um, I think it's a matter of breaking the chain. Like you get in this tight loop of clicking the next link and reading a little more and clicking the next link and reading a little more. I feel like I need external stimulus to say, stop. Take a minute and think about what you're doing. What you really want to do is this other thing. Oh, yeah. That's right. Okay, I'm going to go do that thing now. Right? I mean, maybe addiction is the right way to say it, but I don't... It's just, I, I, I could I get with you that it's just habit. In a lot of ways, Yeah. you know, addictions just turn into habits or are the same thing. It's this is what I've always done. This is what I do. And I do it without thinking. Right. And it's not like... And I'm not talking about prescribing to the minute what it is that you're going to do. What I'm talking about is thinking like, you know, get up, you know, brush your teeth, take a shower, right? Get dressed, you know, give yourself 30 minutes for that or whatever it is for you, right? Set aside 15 minutes for the ritual of making coffee or 10 minutes or whatever it is, right? And then say... You know, you're going to have 20 minutes to read the news. And then you're going to spend 30 minutes um, working on the task at hand, whatever that is, right? Insert mm-hmm. <clears throat> what, whether that's learning Never the guitar or, or maybe you're a model builder, right? It's 30 minutes of putting the next piece on, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then it's 20 minutes of checking email. Right, and then you know, fifteen minutes of of reading, and then you know, reading whatever book you're reading. Right, you could be rereading the Bible again. You could be reading the next Jack Reacher novel. You could be, you know, reading a long form article on Medium. I don't care what it is, but focused non news reading, and then. You're on your way. And so you wouldn't know exactly what that's going to be every day, but you would have allocated periods of time to do those things. And then you need some sort of thing, like an app on your phone, whether it's a complicated calendar app or something, where you where you told it, I need to, you know, I have... This is what my intentional program is. These are the amount of amount of time I've given to these tasks. And then you just you start it, right? You get up and you hit the button, and then eventually, mm-hmm. when the time runs out on that task, it interrupts you, right? And is the thing that breaks your cycle, that gets you to stop clicking on the next link, right? The alarm that just went off and said, on to the next thing. On to the next, yeah. I'd be interested to try something like that. Find the app and tell me about it. You know, I used that back when we reviewed apps that one time. Um, I used that an app called Streaks. Yeah. I told you about it. It's similar conceptually. You know, I set forth six things I want to achieve on a regular basis. Right. Um, and then each time I achieve it, I hit the button for it and it tracks the streaks of how many, you know, yeah. cycles in a row. 
I accomplished that thing. So but I that's very do- free form. And I would end up going to bed, you know, at 11 o'clock and I said, geez, I didn't do three of my things today. Am I going to get up and do them? No. No. So obviously that free form you need to time turn management that, of it. Got to turn that on its head. Right. It's got to interrupt. It's got to be scheduled. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, part of the problem with that is. I understand where you're going with that, and I struggle with this, and I I like that idea. But after doing that for a while, sometimes then I'm like, why am I doing this? I'd rather be doing this other thing that feels good and makes me happy. But that's okay. Right? Like, you can change it. I'd rather... Uh, no, but I'm saying, what if that other thing is watch TV? I don't care. You as know, long as you're like, doing it with intention. Yeah. If you said every morning... Or every evening, whenever you're doing this, if you said, I need to make room in my life to watch an episode of, I don't know, Gilmore Girls or whatever, an episode of TV, right? I'm going to do that. If you've chosen to do it, above all things, if you've taken some time and you said, yeah, no, it's more important for me to do this than that, I don't care. What I'm trying to get away from is... I do it because it was easy. And there was nothing else happening, and it just the first thing that I did. That's true, because if I did that examination of this is the thing I really want to do right now, I would never go watch TV show, because I'd be like, that's just a waste of an hour of my life, you know? Hmm. It's because I do it unintentionally. Yeah, so... I don't know. This is a long-winded way of saying, I'm thinking one of my New Year's resolutions is going to be in my case it's mornings add some intention to my activities in the morning and maybe out the other end of that I'll be a slightly less terrible human being <laughs> I think that's a good plan I um I'll think about that I would probably be interested in trying to do some sort of structured structured time wise um, activities. Yeah. All right. One final note. We've been drinking rye for this episode. We're still on the Pennsylvania rye kick. Yeah. Uh, when I was at home, when I was visiting family for Christmas time, uh, I was in a different state. I was in Illinois. And I managed to find Dad's hat. Uh, Pennsylvania straight rye whiskey. And where is it made? Uh, distilled and bottled by Mountain Laurel Spirits, Mountain Laurel Spirits LLC in Bristol, PA. So we finally have a rye that is actually produced in Pennsylvania, bottled in Pennsylvania, and aged a minimum of three years. All right, and distributed. So uh, we have officially tried a Pennsylvania rye. Right. Now, this is not bottled in bond. This is merely 95 proof. Uh, but we've been trying that. We've been trying our favorite uh, Willet straight rye whiskey. Um, this is the high test, you know, the 58% model. Um, now, this comes from Indiana, of all places. Um, and we've tried it against our old standby... Uh, the Rittenhouse uh, bottled in Bond. Which that was the Pennsylvania style that is not bottled in Pennsylvania. 
Right. And uh, the Willet is still my favorite. It is still the most complex of these three. But this dad's hat has a has a very compelling flavor, but it's not as complex as the Willet is, in my estimation. And the Rittenhouse is still fine, but it pales in this company. I would say, right, the Rittenhouse is the most just like a mainstream rye. Um, the Willet has a very complex, spicy flavor. Yep. Um, I feel like the Dad's Hat is just like a very strong rye. It's a very strong alcohol flavor. Yeah. Um, it has a very strong finish. Uh, and, and I like it. And so now I'm wondering if that's a characteristic of a traditional Pennsylvania rye. Or if it's just this particular this one. one. Yeah. So I did, I looked on the Dad's Hat website. And so they did have a bottled and bond um, rye whiskey, but it was like a limited release. And you had to go to the distillery. And they had like 200 bottles of it available, first come, first serve kind of deal. So they probably sold out in a day. So I think the deal is the reason we have not found a bottled in bond Pennsylvania straight rye is because no one has had enough since the resurgence of Pennsylvania rye, which we discussed at length. Yep. I don't think anyone has had enough time to make enough of it to have enough to distribute it. That seems to be the thing. Chasing whatever is the new and interesting whiskey is kind of a fun hobby though yes it was priced at $100 per bottle wow this was just on what November 5th so this wasn't long ago that's that uh, distributed that's it. like twice as much as what this yeah. dad's hat cost well anyway another episode come and gone Anything else you want to talk about? That's all I got. See ya. Later.